and worship are separate. You work throughout the week and worship on Sunday, but this isn't the biblical view of work. The Hebrew word avodah is translated into English as worship, serve, and work. The Hebrew concept of worship was all-encompassing. It wasn't just a Sabbath thing. We've asked several people in our congregation, none of whom work in ministry, to think about how their lives mean more and how their work and worship are woven together. Well, I am pleased to have with us today, Beth Simpson, um, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what she does um, as a school board member for Johnson City Schools. Am I correct? That's correct. So tell me a little bit about what you do, Beth. Well, my job really, I have been really thinking about this because there's elections right now. So I've been thinking about what it is that I do when I listen to other people who are running for school board office. And Primarily my job is to be an advocate for students. When you go through like your training, the, the thing they tell you is that you're there to represent students. Cause sometimes you might think about, well, what's best for the teachers or what's best for the parents. But my job really is to be an advocate for what's best for students in the Johnson City school. So that's my primary responsibility. So in everything that I do from approving field trips to looking at the budget, to deciding what buildings to build. Really, my focus has to be what's best for students. And that's complicated because in any school system and in Johnson schools, we have a really wide variety of students. So when you say what's best for students, that that looks different for every, every student and for different parts of towns, for different schools. So that's been... Um, kind of an eye opener to think about what's best for students as a whole. When you think about the whole group, hmm. that's really kind of what my job is. I can imagine that being both very rewarding and very complicated. Um, it is. I mean, you know, we have in Johnson city schools, we have really, really great administration. So a lot of the times I am approving already good decisions that are hmm. presented to me. So, so that's, that's really helpful. And we, we haven't, because of the nature of the time I am on the school board, we haven't had a situation where we've been lacking in resources. I mean, there's never enough, but we've never been in a place where we've had to cut budgets or layoff teachers, but, but still we've been granted a whole bunch of resources from the federal government. So we really have to think about what, what is the best thing and how do we use this wisely? I mean, and again, I'm getting, good proposals put in front of me. So it's not been that difficult, but, um, I still try to read every, every report and be in the know, be part of what I have chosen to do. And this is by no means an expectation is to try to be in the schools as much as possible. So I volunteer at mountain view and I volunteer, at, um, uh, Woodland and I volunteer at, um, Fairmont I have a child at Liberty Bell. I did have a child at Science Hill. I don't, but I'm, I go to football. I try to go to events. So that's really my personal goal is to try to get into every school for something. Hmm. I would love, my ultimate goal would be to do it every month. That's a nearly impossible task, but uh, you know, at least to try to be in every school by the end of, during the course of a school year, not just when I've had to be there for a meeting, but like to see what's happening in the school. Yeah. So I have a sense of, of that. So that involves becoming a part of the community um, and, you know, church is, is a community as well. So how do you see your worship and your community at church and your faith? How do you see that bleeding over into your, your Monday life? 
well, you know, I, I don't have a paid job. (laughs) So, so, um, I really have had to think real hard in my life, what work means for me, because in the world that we live in, um, work is really equated with an income. I mean, I I hate to say that, but I mean, we, we talk about doing yard work, but you know, you don't ask someone what your work is and expect them to say, well, my work is, uh, I mean, they, they might say caring for their children, but caregiving is often, um, not really, um, valued as work. Although we just discussed, you know, in your life, you know, that that is absolutely not true. That caregiving is an essential, um, it's really one of of the most essential parts of a community. And really, I think Christ is ultimately what, what was he, what is God or, or Christ, but, but our caregiver. Right. So I, I've really always viewed my, my, my whole life, my calling really to be a caregiver. I mean, I really always knew that that is something I wanted to do and have always gravitated toward that. Even when I didn't have my own children, I find myself doing that even outside of, of, of my children. I, I kind of view that's what I'm doing on the school board is to be a caregiver, to care about my community, to care about the kids, to care about not just the kids that live in my neighborhood, specific neighborhood or at the elementary school where my kids go, but the kids that are at the other, other parts of town that come from different communities. We have 57 different languages represented in the Johnson mm-hmm. city schools, which who knew, right? Like who knew that we had that many people from different places coming to our community. And so that's just kind of my mission is to care for the, the, the wide variety that is our town. Did that answer your question? So have you seen anything over, over these last couple of years being on the school board in, in ways that you've been able to live out your faith in this job? Well, um, you know, about a year ago, there was just a lot of tumult in our culture over schools and masking. And I hate to even bring that up because it's, that's another sticky, um, situation, but what I did, I lived through the conflict and I had to sit next to the person who felt exactly opposite. Me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wanted me to be angry and hateful to that person. And, you know, ironically the very next week, um, I think the sermon that McKenzie happened to teach, preach was on loving people that you disagree with. And that has been for, for, this has been a personal thing for me, such a growth experience. I mean, I, I have just never had super deep conflict with conflict with people. So, you know, everyone that sits on that board is there because they care about children and want what's best for kids. But that doesn't always mean we have the same opinion or, yeah. and, and it doesn't mean either one of us is even right. Um, but to be able to continue to work with that person and have a good working relationship and to know that we both are, we were both Christ followers and are doing what we feel like God has called us to do and, and how that can play out and still be, and still be good. You know, even though there was conflict that for me, that was really, um, gratifying, um, and such a learning experience. It wasn't not hard, but it was such a learning experience. Yeah. I bet. How do you see our culture at, well, let me ask it this way. Why do you think there's such a divide between worship and work in our culture? 
Yeah. I, I, I thought that was interesting how you, um, in the notes that you sent me, I brought up that, you know, the word that is used in the Hebrew, I think it was the Hebrew, maybe yeah. the Aramaic, um, you know, really consisted of all of those things mixed together. And I, you know, I, I've kind of racked my brain, like, well, why, do, why do we, why do we divide it? Um, and you know, lots of times I've heard people say, well, you, you are worshiping and everything you do. We just like to put things into boxes, I think. And, you know, we categorize everything. I feel like that's some of it. Sometimes I can feel very worshipful when I'm folding the laundry or, you know, cleaning it, a, a room or, you know, whatever, sitting at a school board meeting. Sometimes that can feel like worship, but oftentimes I think we tend to associate worship with, you know, a certain place or a certain time of the week. And I think it's just because we, we, it's easy to do it that way. We like to just keep it, you know, this is this and that's that, but it, it is absolutely not that every part of our, you know, one of my favorite verses is that, you know, present yourself as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. You know, my whole life is supposed to be a, an act of worship. Yeah. You know, I am the ultimate sack. My, my life should be that every breath yeah. should be a, a moment of worship. I don't by any means live up to that, but. Well, and I think that's part of what we're trying to kind of unpack in this series of, you know, we, we have this high calling of, of living our lives in worship to God and we fall short of that. Um, but maybe how do we try to do it better? Um, and for you as somebody who's been a public figure um, in the school board and somebody who's been a stay-at-home mom and somebody who's been uh, a part of an, an active part of the church, how do you think you do that well? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the underlying motor motivator often needs to be, and I, I try for this to be, and often it can be is, is love for other, for God's people, uh, you know, seeing everyone as something valuable and created in the image of God is, is huge. And that's easy sometimes and not others. It's easy to love. I would say to my kids, it's easy to love the people who you, who are like you, but, and who you like to be with, but loving those people that are different from you or that don't act like they like you. That's, that's the challenge. So, but I do, I do really feel like it starts with love. If you have a great love for God's creation, not just when we say creation, I think we tend to think animals and plants, but God's creation of people, then it's pretty easy to serve them. Yeah. I can imagine, especially in these last few years on the school board, that there may have been some times where there was a lot of tension and a lot of disagreement and a lot of hurt um, in in the school system and on the school board. How do you bring light and hope um, to things like that? Um this can get me into trouble, <laughs> but I think it's important to not run away and to kind of walk in sometimes to where there is conflict. Mm-hmm. 
so in the, pre- the, in the circumstances that I mentioned previously about the mask, the person that disagreed with me that ha- ha- just so happened just after we'd had a particularly contentious meeting, school board meeting, the next, I think it was the next day, or maybe I think that might've been a Friday. And then the following Monday, it was very close after we had our, like a big retreat where we spend the whole day together brainstorming what, what would be great for the school system. And I just really had to make a point to sit specifically with that person and eat lunch. You know, it was just the two of us sitting and it was hard. You know, you, you have to walk into the hard places sometimes, mm-hmm. um, in the thing that's uncomfortable and it's much easier to walk away or run away or hide or whatever. But I think that, you know, that's the thing you have to do. We, we sometimes get really, really nasty emails. And, um, I think sometimes we have to acknowledge that to each other. I mean, I've, I've tried to do that when one has been directed at another person to say, Hey, that was not okay. That someone said that to you. Yeah. I can't address it with that person who sent the email, but to, to, I think we really have to be in those hard spaces and be, as loving as I mean, I, I make mistakes, so I need to be a voice of mercy and grace in those hard spots. We've spent the last eight or nine weeks, I guess, of, of this fall focus, um, talking about the, the five kind of tenets of life means more. Um, and, and you've mentioned loving several times, um, ordered, creative, um, generous and resurrection. How do you see those being lived out as a school board member? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I hope that I, people feel I'm generous with my time. That would be how I would think of that one. Um, ordered. Well, I, I mean, have you ever watched a school board meeting? <laughs> we, we, we run on order. I mean, it is a very specific, um, Robert's rules of order, Robert's rules of order. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I might make light of that, but that's, that's, an, I, th- I think an ordered life is ideal, you know, and mm-hmm. I think most people thrive, even though they might tell you otherwise, it's going to sound like a mother thing to say, but most people survive, thrive on order, make an order to your week. This is the day I'm going to go to the grocery store. This is the day I'm going to do the laundry, whatever. I, I do think, you know, a, a school board meeting is well run when it is, when, when you're prepared. Mm-hmm. when everybody knows what's going to happen when it's orderly. So, um, I think, I think God is a God of order and we work best that way. Um, let's see. So which one did I miss? Uh, creative and resurrection. I think we're the other two creative. Well, I mean, compromise is creative, right? Yeah. And so anytime you're working in a situation where people disagree, um, you need some creativity. Even sometimes it's just being creative and how you can <laughs> agree, <laughs> but, you know, coming together to, to reach a conclusion is a creative process. I think yeah. that's something that I've learned just in, in our, our small group. We talked about that last night, creative. We tend to think about the painter, but creative happens constantly. And we are constantly creating ideas and stories and processes and conversations and relationships. So it, it, that's, I think almost, I I think someone said my group was like the essence of humanity. That's what Mm -hmm. makes us human is that, is that we create. So sounds like some of you resurrected. I mean, section at Milligan. (laughs) 
Well, I do love humanities. <laughs> um, resurrected. Well, I mean, you know, all of this, if we didn't really have the have life and have it now, I don't know how you could do. I, I'm, I'm just not sure how people do find it in themselves to, to do hard things. Mm. And I, I, I don't want to inflate that what I'm doing is really hard. It's not really that hard, but, um, but it's important. Well, yes, I think it's important. And I, I think that's something else that we're trying to kind of tease out with this series is that you don't have to be a pastor or a worship leader to bring worship into your daily work mm-hmm. to be able to live it out. Isn't because you have that title of, of minister. Um, we're, we're called to live it out regardless of what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we do is important, even if it sometimes may seem not, or may seem hard or may be hard. Um, it, it is still important and it is still something that we have been called to, um, as, as a follower of Christ. I'm wondering if there's been a time where, whether as a school board member or as a mom, you felt like maybe looking back on something, maybe you could have done it a little bit better in terms of, of being a Christian and and being somebody who wants to live out your faith. Have you, have you ever found yourself in a situation where, yeah, I could have maybe done that a little bit better? Oh, absolutely. Um, written in my notebook that I take to school board meeting to, I try to take it to all my meetings. It's just a it's not really, it doesn't really have anything in it of importance, but the one thing that is important and I've written it and I, I'm going to get the words exactly right. Not, not exactly right, but it's something, and I think Aaron said it in a sermon or somebody at church said it and I wrote it down and I stuck it in my notebook that let your words rise up and mine fall to the ground. The Lord, let yours rise and mine fall. And my words are what get me in trouble. In probably every aspect of my life, I can sometimes say things that probably would have been better if I didn't say them or I said them more kindly. That's the place where I frequently am reliving my, (laughs) if I'm reliving something, I'm reliving a conversation that I've had where I wish my words had been differently. So I've gone differently. So that's, that would be the thing that I I pray most about is, is that especially at a school or meeting, that's a, I, I try not to say, we, we just really don't say a whole lot, um, as much as possible, but that I just really, because that's, pub, you know, that's out on YouTube and, but, it, but any, in any situation, it, my words are just so important. Yeah. So I probably said all kinds of bad words in this thing. <laughs> and well, I'll be not, laying in bed tonight. Oh, why did I say that? <laughs> I I think you're right. I think words and the way we say them mm-hmm. is it. We don't give it enough weight sometimes, and and later we look back on it and think, you know, oh, we could have done that better. I could have said that better. Um, and and perhaps the thing that become, that helps us become more Christ-like is 
remembering those times and apologizing for them. Mm. Um, yes. Going to someone and being willing to, in humility, say, I got it wrong. I'm sorry. Well, just walk into that hard spot, even though yeah. you don't want to. Yeah. And I, I can imagine being a public figure on the school board. That's got to be a hard thing too. Yeah. I've tried. I haven't ever had to say, I'm sorry at a school board. Well, I might have, I might've said, well, I should have said something. I think I did once actually have to say, I should have said that differently. So, but definitely have had personal conversations with people that I've said, I probably should have said that better. Yeah. I am very grateful for the way that you live out your faith in a very public way. Um, as well as with your family and at home um, and in private. It's it's a testament to the way that you were raised and the way that you have lived. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that we have people like you to look up to. Um, Thank you. That's yeah. very kind. Well, I, I wouldn't say that about everybody, Beth, <laughs> but I would say that about you. Okay. Um, do you think there's anything that you would add to our conversation tonight to encourage somebody who maybe thinks that it's too hard to take their worship into work and, and it just, it should be separate? I think, you know, when I hear someone say that, I tend to think that they're thinking they have to mention Jesus or say something. I, I think it is so much simpler than that. It is, it is truly sometimes just being present. I mean, for someone it's about, it's really about loving the people in your workplace. It's not about, um, wanting to tell them about Jesus. It's about loving them first. So I, I guess I, I would say just slow down, you know, you, you don't have to do something special. You're probably, honestly, if someone's worried about it, my guess would be, they're probably already doing it, but, um, you know, every, everything you do can be that it just, you know, it just is, is, are you, sometimes we don't even acknowledge that we're doing it when we are, I think that's probably largely the case, but you absolutely, you can absolutely love the people no matter where you are. And that would be, that would be the key. Yeah. Well, Beth, thank you so much for taking the time, um, to share your story with us, the, the easy parts, the hard parts, and, and the parts we sometimes wish we did differently. Um, I, I'm very grateful for um, your time and for the way that you live out your faith um, and, and worship throughout the week, um, not just on Sundays.